You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. And I want us to have a conversation today around adjusting to new environments. So as the year begins, you know, people have different things that they have planned for the year, right? We're talking about some of the things we want to do, some of the things we want to learn and unlearn. Um, in 2023 and some of the things come with people having to adjust to the new environment maybe you're starting a new job uh, maybe it's a business venture a new business venture maybe it's your kid that's going to a new grade or they're going to metric they're studying at university or maybe you yourself uh, are going back to school you could be moving to a new place a new city a new country it could be anything you need to be mentally and emotionally prepared Right, and even for your kids, they need to be prepared too, right? How do you prepare them? How do you ensure they're ready for the new environment? How do you ensure you are ready um, for whatever new environment um, you are going to find yourself in this year? We've got Rivka um, Hadar, who is a clinical psychologist at the Wellness Evolution, who's joining us in studio. Rivka, thank you so much for making time for us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And I'll be taking your calls on 011-883-0702. I want you to tell me what new environment you are going to find yourself in this year. Are you studying a new job? Are you anxious about it? Um, and how are you preparing yourself just mentally? Um, how are you preparing yourself emotionally? Maybe you've moved to a new city. You've moved to a new country. You're studying a new position. Maybe it's your children who are starting something new. How prepared are you for for, for that environment and how prepared are your kids Um, and how are you planning on preparing them uh, for that new environment? So I'll take your calls on 011-883-0702. You can give me, send me your WhatsApp voice notes as well on 072-702-1702. So Rivka, let's just start with some of the psychological issues that may arise when a person is subjected to a new start in life or this new environment. What do they sometimes have to deal with? So I think any new change means that things are unfamiliar. And when things are unfamiliar, that can sometimes be thrilling for a lot of us, but it can also be perceived as something unsafe and that can cause our alarm bells to go off and can manifest in all different ways Um, and it can cause us to feel a bit dysregulated a bit on edge uh, what we would call hyper vigilant or alert you know we'll see it differently for adults and for children so we can as you said be um, quite anxious Uh, it's quite unpredictable so we may not know what to expect and We'll draw on all different coping skills and uh, try, you know, equip ourselves for the situation. So I think it also depends on a lot of different personality factors and past experiences, mm-hmm. how we deal with change and how we perceive change. Mm-hmm. So how do you respond then when there are alarm bells, when you are on edge, when you're anxious, uh, so that we help our listeners who are studying in those new environments um, that when you start feeling like this doesn't mean oh it's the end of the world, um, you can still be okay. There's a friend of mine who was telling me, um, her name is Taki. I had lunch with her last week, and she moved to Paris a few years ago. Uh, that's where she lives now, and she says the first month or 
two, you are excited because, oh, I'm in France. Um, this is like amazing. I've got this incredible job. People are amazing. And then in when you hit month five or six, that's when it really gets to you and you ask yourself, what the hell am I doing here? So in that moment, what is best to do when you're feeling anxious, when you are on urge? So I, I think it starts before then. Mm. I think it starts mm. before in terms of preparing yourself and being able to, you know, a, a lot of self-talk, telling yourself that you are moving to a new place or you are starting something new mm. because any big change is going to bring about big feelings. And so we, you know, sometimes we can anticipate that and sometimes mm. we can't. Mm. And so for a lot of us, it can take us into this zone where it's high adrenaline and actually we can go into that almost like Olympic zone where we actually high achievers. It's kind of um, that anxiety peak where we perform really well. Mm. So it kind of sounds like your friend mm. in Paris where she was performing mm. really well. But then as soon as everything, um, you know, when, once she had acclimated, then real life hit. Mm. And mm. then she's like, oh my gosh, what now? Now I'm living. I'm all alone here. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the sight of the Eiffel Tower doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, now I've gotten through the scary part and yeah. now that's over. And now, now the... The next part of the adjustment kicks in. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think it's it's pretty tricky. So I think it starts before in terms of preempting and having conversations and mm. asking ourselves, you know, what will we expect? How will we deal with difficult things? Setting up support mm -hmm. before we go into it. Also, not taking on new things. So when we're having big changes is to not... Um, to not take on more at the moment. So mm. if you're starting a new job, you know, don't overhaul other parts of your life. Mm. Now's not the time mm. to start a, an extreme exercise regimen ah. or to start other projects or um, to start, you know, overhauling your entire yeah. family system or way of life. Uh, I, would, I would go with the philosophy of keep it simple you know, keep it simple. Uh, I, I work with, uh, you know, rule of three, mm -hmm. three things, get to work, get back from work, you know, make sure you're fed. Just, mm -hmm. just keep it very simple in, like in terms that. of that. And don't, so, you know, just, just keep it simple. Also give yourself a lot of grace. You know, it's not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Expect it's not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then, and then I think that that's what's really important. And, and maybe also just, just think if it was a friend of yours, what would you probably say to them? Yeah. Because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we try and take on the whole world at a time. Mm. But if we just keep it simple, it's, you know, it's, it's, we usually need a certain time frame to adjust. Mm. And then also setting up support, setting up emotional support, talking to friends, making sure we have self-care in place. There are actually so many things we can do and there's so much out there. I mean, now we have the world at our fingertips of social media. Mm. The Wellness Evolution has an excellent social media account. There's so many great accounts out there. There's so many things that you can do in terms of self-care, calling a friend, uh, finding support before you get there, when you get to a job, mm. even looking it up, looking up the place that you're going to or, you know, where you're going to stay. 
meeting mm. your teacher before before you know school set that up before the day actually starts often children will meet their teacher the day before if it's grade one or, yeah. or things like that yeah um i actually like what you said about the three things just get to work get back and be fed i realized you know often when i've been on leave for a while um and even if it's not a while just a week or two when i have to come back i'm so anxious and i'm already stressing and and a day before i would often even call the boss and say do i have to come back tomorrow can i have another three days and then this time I did it differently. I allowed myself to just keep it simple, as you say. So I've I literally canceled all the meetings or normal engagements I would have. I'm like, even gym, I'm going to ease, ease into the gym routine. I don't have to go to the golf coaching this week. I can start next week so that I allow myself to adjust to coming back to work. So um, thank you for that tip because I think it really is is going to work for, for, for a lot of people. I want us to focus on the kids now, Rivka, um, when they have to transition to, let's say, preschool, for instance. What advice do you have for parents whose kids are going to be in this new environment? Because kids are used to being at home. They're fed at this time, at this time. They can play with their toys at this time. They're now in this environment that is so restrictive and everything is in order. And maybe that's not the order that's practiced at home. So how can parents prepare the children for that environment? I think that's a great question. I would say first it starts with parents to just remember that we're the ones that help our children regulate. Mm. They rely on us and so we need to take care of ourselves and we also need to remember that it's hard for us too. You know, it's hard for us with this big adjustment to separate from our children. Um, but in terms of children starting this new environment, it's very similar. You know, there's going to be this big change and they may have these alarm bells going off. Mm -hmm. And to sit in a classroom, you know, if they're starting preschool or they're starting grade one, that means they're going to have seven hours that they're alert mm -hmm. and uh, for the day and that their brain's working that much harder to regulate for those seven hours. And it's, it actually expends a lot of cognitive energy as well as emotional energy for children. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of hard work that they're doing to regulate. And so if they're, you know, changing to a new environment, it means that there's a lot of unsafety, potential unsafety that's experienced. And so what we can do is amp up as much safety in other spheres as much as possible. Mm. So concrete things that we can do is one is we can have discussions with children beforehand mm. about children are amazing they actually have so many of the answers inside of themselves mm. and our role as caregivers is actually not to save them or to spoon feed them or to you know to to do any of that stuff yeah. our role is actually just to equip them and help them unlock the answers that they have inside of them and to help them identify what they're feeling and to help them regulate themselves mm. and make sense of things and so what we can do is discuss what they think, you know, what they're expecting, um, you know, what they think their teacher will look like, what they think their classroom will look like, what they think the children will be like in their classroom, you know, what the day will be like. And then to also amp up the safety at home in terms of having as many uh, rituals mm. that we can to make them feel safe. So bedtime rituals, packing their bag before they go to sleep, putting out their uniform if they're starting school or their clothes the night before, 
also children have more you know very little choice in life much less than we do as adults and and so to give them as much choice as possible mm. you know so there's a great technique called love and logic uh, where you where you give children choices limited choices you know do you want to choose this outfit or this outfit where it's very limited but it it really gives them you know a lot more choice mm. and uh independence in life and they feel a lot more in control and yeah and I, and i think just having discussions but also a lot of rituals connection time high-powered connection time where you can be present with your children where you can ask them about the day where you can unpack the day and you know talk about what happened mm. um and and help them process what went on in the day and also to just show the confidence and trust that you have in the teachers and in the school system, because that's really important to show, show children that mm. we trust the school mm. and that the handover is very smooth and, you know, to really instill that confidence in children so that they, they don't question it because children will pick it up. Mm. You know, if we're hesitant, they'll pick it up and it's okay if it's hard for parents as well. Yeah. It's okay. We may need to, you know, give ourselves half an hour to go have a coffee or cry afterwards because we don't know what we're, how we will feel once we leave our children yeah. at school. It may be very, very difficult. I actually know of a parent who never left the school. <laughs> it was preschool and, <laughs> and the, the kid was just crying and crying and crying. And, and she just literally went outside and stayed throughout um, outside the school and went to get lunch, came back until, you know, um, the, the kid was ready to be picked up. Um, is that what p parents should be doing? I'm trying to think, you know, how should parents prepare themselves as well? Because it's not just about the kids and saying, I'm preparing the kids, but there are some parents, and I'm going to play a voice note here from a listener who, who wants to share with us that, you know, their kids are also going to school. Some parents, it's anxious for them, right? You're like, Definitely. that's another level of trust, right? I've been caring for this human being, and now it's time to let them live, let them get out there and be in this institution and anything could happen. So let's play this voice note and, and you'll respond afterwards. Hi, Clement, Tato from Brits. Yo, Clement, I'm so anxious. My kids are starting high school. We start, we went to school today to go and fetch books. Like, I get a anxiety. And they seem to be so chilled. I am so nervous. I don't even know what to expect. I thought I had prepared myself, but hey, y'all, I shame. Yeah, so, so this parent is, is clearly very anxious. But she seems to be saying the kids um, seem to be okay. They're chilled about the whole thing, but, but she's the one that's more anxious. Um, hence, I'm asking, you know, are we underestimating the need for the parents to also prepare themselves? Uh, and, and we're focusing so much just on the kids. I think with parenting, we sacrifice so much for our children and oftentimes our needs are neglected. Mm. And mm. I think we often prepare our children for all the transitions and then we're left feeling so unprepared, mm. you know, and children are amazing. They adjust so quickly often. And we're sitting there, you know, in the car or walking away thinking, oh, my goodness. And it it really can. It can feel like such a loss. And, you know, it's very interesting how love works. You would think that 
children would really love their parents so much more because mm. we do everything for them. But that's actually not how it works. When you invest in another person, you are the one who feels so much more connected mm. and it makes so much sense that we feel so connected to our children and we really love them so, so much because we sacrifice so much for them. And that's why it feels like such a loss when they keep moving on. And it's even harder when they move on and they leave home. And, and it really, it's, it's, it even feels like an identity loss for some parents when, when children leave, even going to high school. Mm. It's, it's a massive, massive thing because we've given our lives to these kids. Mm. And so it's nothing to, you know, feel, I don't want to say ashamed about because I don't mm. think anyone, I don't even want to introduce that word, but I think it's actually, I want to normalize it really that it's a very common thing to feel. It, it does feel like a loss for a lot of us. Mm. And I think that we should talk about it more and it's okay and we should support each other. And it is really difficult. It's a massive transition for parents, huge. And who does help us, you know, yeah. go through that? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's, that's such an important point because there are parents who you know, for years they grew up with, with these kids and then the kids now are going to university or or, or your kid is now married and, and they're moving out of the home or whatever the case is or they just bought their own place. And now you also have to adjust. It's not just them adjusting to a new environment. You have to adjust to being there um, without them. And I want to know how you've been adjusting. Um, uh, maybe it's your kids that started a new school. Maybe it's your, if you're, it's your kids... Uh, that are leaving or have left the home already. Uh, maybe you're studying a new job. You're in a new city. Um, how are you adjusting? What are your tips that you can even share with some of the parents or just share with some of your peers on how you can adjust um, during this time where there's a new environment you're settling in? I want to take some calls now on 011-883-0702. Your WhatsApp's on 072-702-1702. Uh, we've got Shoki, who's calling us from Kempton Park. Shoki, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm all right, Shoki. Go ahead. Good, good. Um, so I'm currently going through a divorce, and I'm trying to find a new preschool for my daughter. So um, this morning I had an altercation with the father that um, we can't start into a new preschool because it's going to... Um, influence psychologically, it's just not good for her. And I'm just like, like it's going to be convenient for everybody if she works closer to me, workplace-wise. Mm. Mm. But like, he just put me, he just cornered me in a corner and just made me feel like I'm a selfish brat for not thinking for the child's um, mm. psyche and I'm just selfish, I'm not thinking for her. And yeah, so I'm, I'm just... I, I, Cornered in the, now he's making me feel like I'm the bad person, but I don't know if it's coming from a place of bitterness or is he right? Am I just throwing her just for my benefit? Yeah, it's just mm. psychologically messing with me type of thing. Mm. You know, type of thing. So I don't know if I'm listening to the conversations that are having and it seems like my intention is for a, a new start and I will be there to, you know, accommodate my child and be and talk to her. I, I'm a, I believe I'm a good mother he's portrayed it to be because of like I'm just I don't care about your ego mm. thinking for myself and my convenience and whatnot and it's not that's not how it is yeah oh Shoki 
Um, first of all, um, thank you for, for, for calling about this, and I'm so sorry to hear about the divorce. Um, is that something yeah. that you're adjusting to now? You guys have to, you know, co-parent and take decisions yeah. and approve. Yeah. How, 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 how old is the divorce? How long has it been? Uh, well, we've been separated for, I think, over six months now. Mm. Yeah, it's still fresh. And now it's just going to, yeah, still fresh, and we're just finalizing things, like, now. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, emotionally, it's just draining, and I think it's just, yeah, it's just messing with me emotionally, and I'm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and and with the child, um, and and Rivka, you're welcome to call, to come in if you've got any additional question. With the child, Shoki, um, your reason for taking the child to preschool? Did you guys discuss it, um, with with your ex-husband, the father, before, and and what was, you know, his thoughts? I I think maybe I did bring it. Uh, I I've only bought the idea just last week because I'm only getting into focus mode properly, so we don't get into a new year and be bitter. So I only just discussed this last Friday and I told him that I'm going to be checking out new pressures and whatnot. So automatically he thinks that I'm just being selfish and you've already made this decision. So go ahead and do it. You don't care about anybody. I mean, this morning he, he didn't prepare the kid. Like, like he just, he, he wasn't trying to take it to school because apparently I, I'm deciding to take it to a new crush. I'm like, but that's not what I said. I'm just saying I'm going to check new crushes for her and I'm discussing it with you. But to him, it's just, I've already just made made up my mind and go ahead and do you whatnot. So, so it's, it's ridiculous. So what I would say is, um, I agree. I'm I'm so sorry that you're going through this, and I can hear that it's really painful. Yeah. But what I can also hear is that it sounds like you're a great mom, yeah. because only a good mom would call in and be so upset about this. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds like you're trying to find a really good solution for your family. Um, but it also sounds like there's a lot of filling in the gaps, which is what I yeah. refer to when, you know, it, it it doesn't sound like this is about convenience and what you're trying to do is not necessarily what he's hearing. Mm. So it, it sounds like it's a, a big miscommunication and there's a lot of reactivity in his response. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think what you could do is, I mean, I hope you do have support through what you're going, going through because yeah. this is very taxing emotionally, I'm sure yeah. financially, and I'm sure for yeah, your whole very, family. Definitely. So I, I really do hope you have that support. But I can also hear that it's very fresh. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even today, I can hear that this is something that happened very recently. Mm. And so if... Yeah, no. If you do need more support, you can just let us know. Mm. Um, but, but I can hear that you're, mm. you're a mom who has very good intentions and and is looking for the best solutions for her family. Yeah, and sometimes it's just this, you know, we are mis um, reading and you know and misjudging what you know we are both saying because it could be mm. very well be that both of us have the best interest of the child at heart, but. You know, we're misunderstanding each other, and that leads to sometimes the conflict. Uh, Shoki, thank you so much for for calling and and being vulnerable on air about um, what's happening in your home, and I think that's going to just help, even with what Rivka was saying, help some of um, some of the parents that are dealing uh, with a similar issue. Uh, I'm going to take more of your calls on 011-883-0702. What are you adjusting to? There are some people that have just recently got married, and now you have to adjust. Living with someone.
<laughs> sharing a home with someone. That's not an easy thing to do for many people, right? How are you adjusting to that? Um, have you prepared yourself for that? Maybe you are just about to birth a new baby. Uh, maybe it's your first child. It could be anything. What new environment are you adjusting to or have you adjusted to? If you have and you've got some tips, please share them with some of our listeners. We'll continue the conversation after the headlines. It's 11.30. 702. Family Matters. 25 minutes before 12 o'clock. Let's continue with our Family Matters feature. I'll go to your lines now and your WhatsApp voice notes. And I want you to tell me, what is it that you are adjusting to this year, that you are going to adjust to? It could be anything. We're talking about adjusting to new environments. Because you and I know you've got to be ready mentally and emotionally as well. You've got to prepare your kids um, as well. And my guest Rivka was saying earlier that it's important to even have a conversation um, with your children before they start the preschool, before uh, they even get into um, a different new environment. But also be easy on yourself as a parent, right? Because you've got to prepare yourself too. You know, sometimes it's the kids moving out of the home and you've got to adjust to this new environment where you're all alone or it's it's you and your husband or you and your wife or you and, 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 and the helper. How are you adjusting to environments like that? Let's go to Tato, who's calling us from Pretoria. Tato, good morning. Hi, Clement. Um, so with us, we have a, our son is starting um, grade one and we had everything prepared like literally last year. But the one element which we left last minute was the school transport. So the realization of him waking up so early, like literally 4.30, he should be up. <sighs> and school only starts at like half, say half seven. It's like the best transport we could get literally is at five. And it's only because they're making the rounds and he'll be like the first kid on. Oh. So that makes us a bit, yeah, like, it just makes us feel like we made a wrong choice because we never thought that transport will be an issue on the basis that to drive to school is just 30 minutes. We didn't think it would be like this crazy and you want to get into like extramural activities and so forth. Mm. We feel like we'll be bombarding him with all these hours of waking up early and so forth. Oh. So yeah, that's our issue. Yeah, basically. shame. I can see, I can even feel how you feel so guilty for the child and and I guess, Rivka, yeah. it's, you know, sometimes we are going to forget about some of the things. Um, and I'll get Rivka to come in now. Uh, but Tato, have you guys considered, so what, dropping your son off would mean what? That's 30 minutes and another 30 minutes coming back. So that's an hour on the road, yeah? And it's not on your way to work. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not on our way, but I was willing, but it doesn't make um financial sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll like it's an added trip for me to work. So the yeah. transport is cheaper, but for me to drive daily for petrol, it financially doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had the discussion yeah. with your son about this yet? That uh, baby boy, you're gonna be up at four in the morning. <laughs> um, he's waking up early because he's excited. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, call me after six months, Tato, and tell me if he's still excited to get up yeah. at four thirty. Oh yes. no! Um, good luck, Tato. I uh, thank you for calling us, and 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 good luck, um, you and and your partner and your kid, uh, Rivka. I think parents sometimes are hard on themselves, right? You're like, oh. No, my kid has to wake up at 4.30 because I failed to get transport on time. But these things happen. Of course. And I think we can, 
you know, we can do everything in our power. We can prepare our children and we can have all our ducks in a row and then things still won't go according to plan. And life is just an experiment and we're going to continually adjust. And I think with Tato, you know, she could decide in two weeks that she may have to change the plan or maybe it's actually working out great because her son's a, an early riser and this works out well for him and he'll come up with solutions to keep himself entertained in the morning or maybe he'll find things, you know, to do and he'll eat breakfast on the way and, you know, he'll make it work. But I think what's important to remember is that it's just never going to be perfect. And if we have, if we think it is, then that's going to create so much pressure for us. And then we're going to feel like we're continually failing ourselves and our children. And then that's awful. Yeah, yeah. I've got a message here. Um, from a listener on the WhatsApp line says, Clement, I recently got married, uh, married and moved from Bloemfontein to Polokwani. Being the only child who only stayed with my mom, this change has been difficult for her, but it's part of life. She has also retired and now has extra time on her hands, making the loneliness worse. How do I help her adjust? Um, so this is the daughter who's asking, how do I help my mom adjust? I just got married. I was the only child and I've moved from Bloemfontein to Pulukwan. I mean, these, you know, they are far apart and the mom has retired so much to do, um, you know, so much time on her hands. And she, she's asking, how can she help her? I think it's a great question. I think just like we are not there to save our children, mm. we're also not there to save our parents. We're actually not there to save anyone. Mm. What we can do, though, is we're there to support our loved ones. And what I would recommend is not to just go in and, and rush in and have all the answers. Because sometimes what we do is we actually assume what that person's language of love is or what they need. And then we can get it wrong. And then it can cause actually a lot of resentment because we've over-sacrificed. You know? mm. So, for example, you could say to your mom, oh, come and stay with us and you can have this whole long extended, you know, mm. visit and then it all crashes and burns and it's mm. awful and you all have mm. a miserable time and she doesn't enjoy it and you don't enjoy it and you think, oh, I've spent so much money and so much time. And so I think the best thing to do is to really show that you get it, mm. you know, to tell her, I can see it's difficult. Yeah. And what can I do to support you? What mm. can I do to love you through this? Mm. And what can you do to love me through this? Because this is going to be a tough separation for both of us. Yeah. Even though we know it needs to happen, it's the way of life. And we're happy, you know, I'm sure her mom's very happy for her. Mm. But of course, it's tough to see your mom, you know, to, yeah. to leave her behind. Left all alone. And maybe the constant calls, you know, do the video calls. Yeah. You know, maybe try and do like family vacations where she can join at least once a year. I don't know, whatever um, is allowing. Definitely. But I think the most important is mm. to get her mom's buy-in. Yeah. Because oftentimes we just uh, bypass that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. then that's a, I find that that can lead to a lot of complications. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I... I I know about when parents go in retirement and how much time they have and they become needy in a good way. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but they want to talk to you more often. They want to see you more often. Um, and sometimes you just need to let them know that you understand, you know, why they feel that way and, and you're willing to make sure that you see them as often as, as, as you can and, and as often as possible. Let's go to Midrand now. Kuliso, good morning. 
Hi, Kim. Um, you're speaking to Kulisa. I just sent a message to you saying that mm. um, this year I'm adjusting to starting a new job, which is currently outside of my area of expertise. Ah. And how that might impact my baby um, and my family life. So that's got me a bit uh, worried. And also, um, imposter syndrome also has been on a chokehold. So how to navigate through those fears and start something exciting. Yeah. Does your guest have any tips? Yeah. So when, when do you start, Kulisa? Um, later this month, at the end of the month. Yeah, later this month. Um, and, and this is a completely new field, a yeah? new industry, or oh, it's the same industry you've been in, but a different position. So new, in, um, same industry, yeah. new uh, business unit, um, yeah. a new position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to do amazing, uh, Kulisa. But oh, let's hear what Rivka <laughs> has to Hi, has to say. Yeah. Ooh, imposter syndrome. That's a thing. Yeah, hey. A, I think we've all suffered from that all at some us. point yeah. or another. Mm. And I think it's very, you know, very self-aware that you can be able to identify that for yourself. Mm. And I think something that that I find useful is. Is, is that to identify it and to remind yourself that, you know, we don't have to be the expert. Is that, you know, you're there to to be comfortable with not knowing is I think one of the most major skills that we can accomplish in life mm, is mm. to, you know, to have points in time where you can reel it in and to also just give yourself a grace period, you know, to give yourself a certain time of, you know, being the newcomer and being able to ask all the questions and even if you're in a position of authority to to just be able to say that to say that i'm new and i'm not going to know and i'm not going to know for some time yeah and and it's going to be a massive adjustment and my family is going to be out of sorts for a while and it's going to take some time for the dust to settle and it usually takes at least three months yeah so keep reminding yourself that when you know, when you are feeling out of sorts or you're feeling, you know, that you don't know where, even where things are or who to speak to and to also just find someone to guide you at the workplace and to remind, you know, if you even if you're in charge of a team, to just remind them that they're there to guide you. You may have all the qualifications, but you just haven't worked there before and yeah. you haven't been in this role. And you haven't managed this team. Yeah, yeah. I've got Nangam so on Twitter who says, Clement, um, to the parent who has to wake up, you know, wake the child up at 4 a.m., maybe they should try the e-hailing services if they have a helper um, because that's what I've done for my kids because 4 a.m. I've realized is not sustainable considering the amount of homework that they also um, get on foundation phase. Um, so that's another option there that this listener says has tried and has worked for them. Uh, so maybe uh, that's what you can try. Um, here's a voice note that's also come through. Morning, Clement. Uh, my last born, she's going to high school and she'll be going to boarding school, Porch Girls. Tomorrow we are driving her to the school. We knew from last year that she's going to boarding school. I thought I was okay with it, looking forward to an empty nest. But now that she's going tomorrow, I've got mixed emotions. I'm scared for her. I'm excited for her. She's excited. But I'm looking forward to the new challenges and new environment for her. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes you think you're ready for something until... 
you have to do that drive in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought I was ready to come back to work this morning after two weeks of leave until you get in the car. Um, another message here says, Hi, Clement. I'm 32. I have no kids. My sister moved in with me together with her two kids after separating with her partner. I'm not coping at all. I'm not used to having kids around. Any tips? I mean, you are a caring sibling. Obviously, you have opened your home for your sister and the kids. Um, is there a way you can have a conversation with the sister without coming across as though she's a burden? Her and her kids, because she's also going through the separation with the with the husband, but also you don't want to bottle things in, right? Because then you end up hating, and you're not even raising the issue that you have. So, what's the best way for this listener to say to the sister, "Okay, how do we do this in a way that makes both of us comfortable?" I think it's so important to have honest conversations and to find solutions together. Sometimes we have so much empathy for someone or sympathy that we can rush in to save them or to fix the problem and, and find the solutions. And then, you know, we can, we, once we're actually doing it, we can make a more informed decision. It may or may not be working for her sister also. You know, her sister may feel like she's uh, walking on eggshells and it's, this is really not the environment for two children. So I think it would be a good idea to have a conversation and to see, is this a sustainable solution? If this is going to be long-term, what measures could be put into place? Or if it's just something short-term, uh, you know, to go from there. But, but I think that, you know, sometimes we do crisis management and it seems like maybe that's what she did with her sister. And now when real life kicks in, we need to see is, you know, instead of asking what her sister needs, now it seems like she needs to ask, what do I need? And can the two align? Mm, and if yeah. so, how does that work out? Yeah. Here's another message here. Hi, Clement. My daughter is going to grade 12. I'm so scared. I'm so anxious. I'm not sure if she's prepared. Worst of all, she's too stubborn. Um, she's a typical teenager. Um, and I'm dealing with teenager tendencies now. Oof, dealing with teenagers. <laughs> Any tips, advice for, for this listener, for the daughter who's going to metric? I think it's pretty tough because I don't have enough detail. But yes, teenagers are, are very different. You know, even when we come to diagnosing, children and teenagers and adults will look very different when it comes to, you know, let's say anxiety or depression. They will, you know, they're the presentation will look very different and teenagers can be quite irritable or withdraw when they're uh, when they're very tense or they have high anxiety. And I think all we can really do is just show them that we're there for them and remember that we're the parents and we're the ones in, in charge and, and we're the ones who need to guide them and, and, you know, we're the adults because teens are kind of in that position where they're kind of you know, there's a pendulum between adult mm. and child and mm. you don't really know what you're going to get mm -hmm. and they don't know what they're going to get uh, one minute to the next and their child parts and their adult parts and it's it's very, very confusing for all of us and sometimes they can be very mature and very responsible and then in the next moment they can have a tantrum, you know, qu quite six-year-old-like and it's, it's, it's quite jarring for all of mm. us. 
But I, I think that uh, it's always best to just talk about concerns openly yeah. in a very, very caring way. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that, you know, get the support system as well. And, and as adults, it's easy for us to, you know, start friendships, you know, in that new country, in that new company, in that new city. Um, but for a child, you know, that that can be a little tricky. So how can you you know, start the conversation with your child and advise them to also make new friends so that they also get used to being with other people and, and making new friendships because that can be a little hard for kids. It's easy for us um, as, as adults. You know, I think that is such a pivotal question because I often see adults who are in very unhealthy relationships. And I think if we can start guiding our children sooner, on how to identify and choose relationships that are healthy for them, I think that it would serve us so well as adults because then we wouldn't be, gravitate towards people who are unhealthy for us and people who hurt us or take advantage of us. And so I think, again, having conversations with your children and saying, who do you like at school and who do you want mm. to be friends with and why do you play with that person if they hurt you mm. or if they take your lunch away or if they kicked you? Why do you want to be friends with them? Mm. And what do you do to make friends with someone? And also to identify and relate. You know, I also, you know, to be able to tell your child, I, you know, sometimes mm. I also find it hard. And these are the, you know, what do you think mom does when she needs to make friends in a new situation? And, and to, again, just to mm. kind of broaden their minds and problem solve with them, but to allow them to think and to expand on, yeah, really, what do I like about this person? Why do I want to be friends with them? Just because everybody else wants to? Yeah. Or, you know, because they have this complex interplay where they constantly idealize me and devalue me. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, very complicated and I want to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Or because they make me feel, you know, valued because I trust them. I think those are really, really important conversations we need to have with our children early, early on. Yeah. Just the, the last um, message and, and question from Ria says, Hi, um, what I realized about my child adjusting to new environments is that sometimes um, he will come home and complain about something at school. And I realized over time that he was lying. He was just trying to find a way to get out of the system. <laughs> so how do parents uh, deal with something like that? And I'm sure it does happen where a kid will come and make up a story because, you know, you know, mommy or daddy, just get me out of there. That's what they're trying to do because they're struggling to adjust. So as a parent, um, how do you deal with that? Because I imagine it's not wise to instantly react to try and protect and defend him or her or they because you don't know whether what they're saying is, is true or not. So maybe investigate further. I think a good position to have in general is to be curious, mm. to be curious about children's behavior, you know, to say because children's behavior is very, is communicative. It's mm. telling us something that's happening for them. Mm. And so things like when children are aggressive, when they're having a tantrum, when they withdraw, interesting things that come out in their play for teenagers when they withdraw from us, when they're irritable, when, you know, all different things that happen. Um, it's, it's t you know, it's telling us something. And I think what's important to ask is what's this behavior really about? Because often we'll find it's, it's not really about what's happening right now. You know, a child who's 
who wakes up, you know, who every day is telling you I have a sore stomach mm. and, and wants to avoid going to school, typically th there's something going on, yeah. you know, mm. whether it's there's something that's scaring them about mm. school or, or is unsafe. It yeah. could be bullying. Mm. It could be that they just can't keep up with mm. the material mm. and they may need more support mm. academically. It, it could be so many things and it's really tough with kids because, you know, that's why we do play therapy primarily mm. with children is because a lot of things aren't necessarily communicated verbally, but will come out in a different uh, way. It's communicated differently mm. with children. And so we often get a lot more in play therapy yeah. in terms of what's happening in the inner world. Yeah, and that's really helpful. Yeah, Rivka, thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, this has been very insightful. How can people get a hold of you guys at the Wellness Evolution? It's my pleasure. So they can contact us on zero eight four four six one zero six six zero, and then we also have a great website www.thewellnessevolution.co.za. And then we're on all social media platforms as well. Yeah. So www.thewellnessevolution.co.za. Uh, you yes. can contact them on 084-461-0660. Oh, thank you for making time yes, for us. Yes, you can call or WhatsApp. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It was great. Thank Five you. Five minutes before 12.